Welcome to Action's Antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you settling for less. Today, I want to talk to you about a term that you probably have already heard called self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is something that I think a lot of people didn't hear about 15, 20 years ago. At least I don't remember hearing about that. But nowadays is kind of common vernacular. It's what our thoughts are doing to our life's outcome. And I think we've all heard some version of the phrase, thoughts create form. Your thoughts are what your life is going to become. Unfortunately, some studies have shown that up to 80% of all human thoughts can be negative. My guest today, Terry Cardula, who is uh, the coordinator of Talking with Terry. She has coaching events as well as a podcast of her own about the subject of how we can reframe our talk, our self-talk in a way that's going to lead us to the life that we really want. Terry, welcome to the program. Ah, thank you. It's so great to be here with you. It's wonderful to have you. And can you start by telling us a little bit about talking with Terry? What what you're all about? I kind of summarize it at a really yeah, high level, but yeah. at, in essence, what is it? Yeah. So, you know, it was really kind of an evolution. I used to be a therapist. I was a therapist for 26 years. I built a very successful business and it went owner independent about nine years ago. And so back in about 2010, Actually, even before that, it was really interesting because I was telling my social media person at the time, she goes, well, what's your retirement plan? And I just like word vomited on her. And I said, <laughs> I'm going to be traveling around the world. I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to be doing this. And I think it's going to be called Talking with Terry. And she goes, oh my gosh, I love it. You should buy the domains. And I mm-hmm. knew I wasn't ready for it. And it was funny because when I told her that, I was absolutely terrified of public speaking. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and that's how you and I met. I was speaking at an event and I was... So I've come a long way, but it was so funny because like, you know, again, I think that the counseling, you have a master's degree in counseling and tons and tons of certifications and things of that nature. And that then created the foundation. And as I was counseling, I realized that there was faster, easier ways. And I started studying with brain researchers and people that talked about how our brain is formed, but also how our thoughts our behaviors, how our habits all get connected inside of our brain. And and what is that programming? And so really looking at how our brains get programmed based on these previous belief systems. And so what I found over the time of working in my therapy practice is that there was faster ways. I mean, I had a client one time, I was her 19th therapist. Um, she'd She'd been in therapy for 32 years. And I told uh, the person who referred her to, she's like, well, Terry does things differently. She referred to me and she's like, she started with like, I want to tell you my story. And I said, well, you know what? Let's, let's not start there. And and she's like, look at me like, like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, obviously that's, that hasn't been working, right? Because you've done it for 32 years. You've had, you know, 19 therapists, da, 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 da. And so like, would you be willing to do something different? And so we ended up having six sessions. I started using um, incorporating energy and energy psychology and quantum physics and all this other stuff that was available to all of us. And it just was one of those moments where the light bulb went on. It's like, oh my gosh, we can do things faster and we don't have to sit in that suffering. It serves a purpose. And once we understand the purpose, we can move through it and release it and, and really go back and reprogram the brain. So that started this curiosity, if you will, around helping people in a different way. And so talking with Terry was was created. Um, I started speaking, um, overcoming my own fears, overcoming mm-hmm. my own limitations in the process of doing this. And now um, working with mostly women entrepreneurs. I have a few guys in there as well, um, but mostly women entrepreneurs that know in their heart of hearts, they are destined for something more. Meaning I call them my creative visionaries. 
They know that they're ready for something more in their lives to have a bigger impact. And these are the people that are wanting to create those movements that are ready to um, have a bigger impact. And whether that's, you know, 50 people, 500 people, 5 million people, or 5 billion people, right? They're ready to be seen and heard in the world. Now, working with these women, I'm all about, you know, what are the barriers, the blocks, the baggage that we've been carrying that is holding us back? And I utilize tools and resources to clear them out and then actually teach them the tools on how to continue to generate and create after long after I'm out of their lives and out of the picture. And so that they can continue generating and creating, you know, really based on the concepts of law of attraction, it's really the law of vibration. And so how do we get in alignment with ourselves so that we can start to attract and become like a human magnet for people? So that's where I'm at now. And I absolutely love it. So I do do events. I have coaching, uh, group coaching. And then we also do, uh, we have our live event coming up. And then uh, we also, we just launched Talking With Terry TV, where we bring in um, influencers and local celebrities. And now we get to um, have a platform to really honor people where they're at and share their message that the people that are wanting to have a bigger impact in the world. And really, I'm all about, let's change the vibration of this planet. As this recording is being done, we understand that the planet right now is in a little bit of a crisis (laughs) and it feels like it's been kind of turned upside down um, and it's kind of gotten stuck there. And, And I think that this is an opportunity for all of us to look in the mirror and have an opportunity to start really doing the deeper work on ourselves so that we can start releasing the negative stories, the negative belief systems that are no longer serving us so that we can get back on track. And and as we do that, as more people really kind of wake up, if you will, to their own potential, their own gifts and talents, and really start to move forward with it, what happens is, is we start to raise the vibration of the planet. And so that's the juicy part is raising the collective vibrations of the planet. And that's what I'm all about. And, and that's where my, my passion is. Well, I don't know about you, but if I've been doing therapy for 32 years and gone through 19 <laughs> therapists, I'd almost be demanding a different approach. I'd almost be saying, right? I am not trying the same thing again. What? Why yes. would I try the same thing yes. again? I didn't yeah. um, listen to her story. And the last session, she goes, I didn't tell you my story. Can I tell you my story? And I said, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. And she told her story in under two minutes. And she had this epiphany and she's like, oh my goodness, this is the first time I shared my story without going into a panic attack. And I actually nice. have gratitude for it. And that's where we all, I might myself included, for those that know me, you know, I, I didn't have an easy childhood. I had multiple adverse <laughs> situations that I had to overcome multiple times in my life. But what I found is that when we could get to a place of gratitude for those things, our mess becomes our message and, and we can really transform people's lives um, and being a leader in that movement. You add age to mess and you get message. Yes. Vernacularly. Yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Look at you. Look I'm at you. To, I've been trying to get my creative side out a little bit more in some of these things. Uh, mm-hmm. I was I at the it. mind, body and spirit oh, yes. expo, expo a couple yeah. weekends ago. And Uh, There was an event about failure, and I actually came up with my own acronym, like feedback about improving life, undoing regressive emotions, Mm. I think was what I I came up with, just trying to like be creative about things. Now, one thing I think some people listening might not be 100% familiar with is, what do you mean when you say raising the vibration 
Um, you talk about raising the collective vibration. Does that mean raising an individual vibration? So our thoughts, our feelings all have a have a vibration, right? So everything on this planet has vibration. So if I pick up my cell phone, okay, my cell phone, if we were to put this under a high-powered microscope, it has a vibration. This pen that I'm picking up, same thing, right? Our, mm-hmm. As humans, we are, we, are, we are very much a vibration, right? And so we are energy as well. And so my belief is when we are living in our zone of genius and we wake up, we are excited about what we're doing. We are, we are in love with what we're doing. We will vibrate at a higher functioning vibration. We, we will vibrate from a place of love and gratitude. When we have more people stepping into their, their brilliance, into their power, they will too be waking up in that place of really just returning us back to pure positive energy, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we have more and more people waking up and stepping into that as a, as a collective energy across the world, we actually as a whole start to raise the vibration um, in that way. Now, a lot of folks that I work with anyways, they are high achieving women, but what happens is, is that they're more often than not living in fear, living in, you talked about earlier, self-sabotage, living yep. in these limited beliefs, in in scarcity, in this place of overwhelm. And when we're living in that place, it actually lowers our vibration, okay? And so where we spend most of our time, and that's consciously or unconsciously, where are we spending most of our time with our thoughts? Because we have two states of being. Um, we have the primal being, um, which is, the lower vibrational ones that's in fear, doubt, worry, you know, all of that. And then we have our really our powerful living experience. And that is where we are just, we're tapped into the higher frequencies, if you will, of love, gratitude, joy, abundance, all of that, right? And so where are we spending most of our time from is where we are vibrationally showing up in the planet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Your point earlier, when we're talking about self-sabotage and really consciously or unconsciously, okay, are hindering our success by undermining, if you will, our personal targets, our our values, what we're doing, what we're doing, what we're creating. Um, and that's usually through the way we're showing up and what we're thinking about. How are we feeling about that, right? Our thoughts and feelings are really kind of two sides of the coin, if you will. Mm-hmm. And if we are consciously telling ourselves, I'd like to go do this, and then unconsciously, we have these scripts that are playing. That, and as you said earlier, 90% of our thoughts are thoughts that we've had the day before or they're negative thoughts. According to the National Science Foundation, we have anywhere from 50 to 60,000 thoughts yeah, a day, day. And only 2,000 of those are conscious. When we think about you know, what's really running the show, the, well, those unconscious programming is running the show. And just last night, I was on my Facebook Live and I was talking about how many people I've run across that have these targets um, now I use the word targets instead of goals. We have these targets to hit these, whatever that is for ourselves for the year, for the next six months, for the next quarter, whatever it is. And then we don't hit it. And then we then say, oh, okay. And then we try, we try again next year and we try again next year and we try again next year. And it's really fascinating to me how many times I've seen people that's okay and settles for those not meeting the target or goal. Yeah, as and then and then what happens is is unconscious. Like, well, we can't do it. We can't. I tried it last year and I can't do it. And and so oftentimes, whatever that limitation is that we have, um, we'll only go so far to to achieve it, right? And so it's a kind of the thermostat. You know, our thermostat in our home. You know, we have a set point. 
And whatever set point that is, if I set it for, you know, 72 degrees in the house, when the, whether it's air conditioning or heating, when it gets to that set point, let's say the air conditioning will, will shut off and it will maintain that 72. Now, if it goes lower than that, it goes maybe down to 71, it kicks back on, but mm-hmm. it only has that set point. And so a lot of times we have these unconscious set points where we can only go and do so much and not in our belief system that we can do better than our parents or not in our belief system that we can do da 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 We will go to that certain point, we'll self-sabotage and we'll go back down. And so that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And when I see these folks that are constantly setting the same intentions, if you will, the same targets, if you year. will, year after year after year. And it's not that they're not motivated. It's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't want it. They do. And they actually are probably more so than anyone else. Yeah, but what sure. happens is, is they keep getting set back by the unconscious limiting beliefs that are stronger than the conscious thoughts. And so people who are self-sabotaging probably aren't consciously trying to no. self-sabotage. As you said, they are people that no. are really motivated now we can be, and driven. Yes. Now, for the most part, people, this is unconscious. We can be conscious self-sabotaging. Let me give you an example of that. Like, let's say I'm trying to eat healthier. And then yep. I'm like, well, you know what? That one cookie... It's not going to really hurt me that much, right? Like we get that kind of like a conscious yeah, you know, I literally choice. just did that before this podcast. <laughs> I hope it was delicious, right? Well, those, it's those Girl Scout say, cookies usually, are everywhere right now. I'm like, right, seriously. I know, right? I always tell people like, if you're going to eat that cookie, enjoy the heck out of it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like enjoy it. A lot of times it is it is unconscious. It will get pointed out to us. And right now, which what's interesting that's happening in our planet right now, there is a massive purge of of letting go of all the negative belief systems and and all that stuff. And what happens, you know, we used to have this mirror that stood off to the side and then we could actually choose, am I going to look in the mirror today and look at myself or not? Mm, You know what? I'm not going to, you know what? That's for the birds. You know what? Forget that. Right. (laughs) But what's happened over time is that that mirror now is right in front of our face and it's like two inches from our face. And even though we're trying to look around it or try to like, it's, it's there. It's, it's in our face. It is glaring us back. And so now we are being required to look at stuff that we might've been brushing under the rug, avoiding, running from, hiding from. It's coming up. And, and the purpose of that for all the listeners that are going, why? It really is letting us in the game of the ongoing uh, Groundhog's Day. It really is helping yeah. us look at it straight on. And once we acknowledge it, once we see it, once we understand it, once we are saying, okay, I can bless and release you, it really is letting it go. It really is helping us transform it. And so we have a lot of people on this planet, including myself, that are going through tough stuff. And it's here for a reason. It's here for us to release it finally. And so that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. (laughs) And so is what we're releasing this mental programming that you were talking about before. I'm using those words interchangeably, but it's really about letting go of those negative, the, the negative stories, the, the belief systems that are no longer serving us. And as we are on this planet, energetically increasing our energy, it, it's showing up more frequently for people. And so it's just, hmm. it's it's here for us. And it's it's here for us to let go of it. <laughs> I was using yeah. this metaphor the other day that I came up with. It's like, like we have this like giant, 
vacuum cleaner that's over the entire earth, planet earth. And it's like sucking up everything. So anything we're, we're letting go of, we're like, Whoop, and it's going up. And then somehow this is like a magic vacuum cleaner because what's happening is it's like transforming it. And then it's, I'm pretty certain, okay, I don't know, this is my reality. I'm pretty certain that it's like bringing sprinkles and glitter, or, you know, fairy dust or something. And it's returning it back to the planet in light form energy. <laughs> <laughs> And so whenever I, whenever I'm like, oh, that was a tough one. Oh, oh. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let it go to the, you know, the magical um, vacuum cleaner and let it go. All right. It's done. <laughs> the magical vacuum cleaner. I'm, I'm picturing the types of cartoons people watch on um, certain substances that some states are decriminalizing and others are not, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> it's just like this magic, but, but it is really a beautiful time. And, and I do think that we're going to face some really uncertain times, even more yeah. so than we already have. So sorry. And what I tell people is that I truly believe that this energy that's happening for us is, is really helping us break down old patterns, old systems, old beliefs, you know, what we've been going through for the last three years and even, you know, you know, further Before into that. the future. I joke that the movie uh, Roger Rabbit it was like the first animation that combined like human interaction oh, right who framed roger rabbit oh, yes right? who framed roger Rabbit? yes that's it you know at new york you know where the detective worked it was like the dark energy it was like the heavy energy it was like crime happened like you know people yeah. were arguing and fighting and rah, 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 right but then you know in the very first scene that he goes to drive he drives the toontown there's a brick wall and then the brick wall turns into curtains and it opens up to Toontown and he drives into Toontown and Toontown there's like, you know, flowers dancing and trees singing. And it's like, da, 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 da. I, I, I promise we are getting there energetically on our planet. Okay. We are going into Toontown where there is peace and joy and love and an abundance that we can all take in. But that requires some work on our part and it's not going to happen yeah. tomorrow but it will happen. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to that moment, but that requires all of us to do the deeper work so that we can elevate to that higher vibration. And, uh, and, and doing so a lot of the systems, a lot of the, the belief systems that we have have to uh, be transformed. So what are these limiting belief systems that we're trying to overcome now look like if anyone out there can remember what the 20th century was like, and some of the ways that we all tried to yeah. be the same person and things like that. Well, so a limiting belief, it really is just like a, a state of mind. It's about what you're thinking to be true. And most of our belief systems are rooted in somebody else's stuff, somebody else's story. You know, the first eight years of our lives are the most profound, foundational years of our life. And we often will take those negative belief systems from whoever or whatever we picked up from. And if you can recall, like when we have a negative experience, it has actually more weight than a positive experience. If I told you and your listeners right now to think about, you know, when was the when was the last last person last last time someone complimented you or said something really nice and loving to you, and you'll think about it, right? Yeah. But then I ask you, you know, when was the last time someone you know um, was negative to you, said something you know hurtful, right? We can actually recall that negative. It latches on your fast. mind more. Yeah. It 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 becomes an anchor. Then we spend time, we, we, we process it, we process it. We're, and the positive things, we're not necessarily doing that with, right? We, we're like, oh, we hit a success. Yay, pat myself on the back for two seconds and on to the next, right? But the negative things, they linger a long time. And so those belief systems that are being created in childhood, especially 
have a direct impact. And so I usually will tell people with those negative belief systems, they can be boiled down to blank. I am not good enough. I'm not blank enough. I'm not, uh, you know, smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not whatever that is. I'm not young enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not. And so those then belief systems then filter out and then become almost like a, um, an invisible goggle that we, we view life through. And so the choices we make, the business choices we make, the relationship choices we make, the, the career choices we make, all of that is influenced by this previous programming that does have an impact. And, and those um, limiting beliefs um, then have an impact on uh, obviously the self-talk, right? Yeah. What, are we, what are we saying to ourselves? And when things show up, and I became very masterful at this because I, I tell people in the beginning that I used to be so thinking negative. I was like master leader at the blame game. Like I'm like <laughs> everybody else's fault. Like I mean, I had mastered it, and I was so negative, I was so hard on myself. You know, I remember my parents never had to like give me ever any consequ- consequences for like a grade or anything. Like you know, if I got a B or something, because you're like they're like you were so hard on yourself that we couldn't even add any more to it. Right? <laughs> I was like taking the switch to myself. Like I was like master yeah. it. Right? And so. I shifted and transformed that once I was able to recognize that. And part of that was taking my own responsibility for how I was showing up and, and what was coming up. But it really was doing the deeper work because like those belief systems, you know, that felt the one that I was not good enough. That didn't come from me. That came no. from my dad, you know, like that was not mine. That was his, you know? And, but when you're young enough and you're, you don't know, yeah. you can't separate that. You take that on and you live your life based on that thing. And I say a lot of folks that, um, movers and shakers and high performers, there's this level of perfectionism that come up, you know, mm-hmm. this level of, I can't, I can't make any mistakes. You know, I'm a recovering um, perfectionistic um, being in recovery. <laughs> and so I can, I can speak to that as well, but it's really about shifting and understanding that that belief system and what happens in our, in our, in our brain, these neural pathways get created and it says, well, this equals this. And it requires us to go reprogram the brain, if you will, to dis- disrupt and disconnect that previous programming and then say, okay, well, actually, what if this could mean actually this? And then creating mm. new neural pathways um, and reinforcing that because what happens in the brain is we have these thoughts, it engages our emotions, and then we will seek out evidence to support or not support yep. that information that evidence will then go back into that belief system and anchor it in even more. And so whether it's negative or whether it's positive, it's doing the same cycle. And so um, we can start to switch that because it's, and reframe it. I had to start looking at the different different perspectives. And I'm like, wow, maybe, you know, this thing that's happening, you know, that's showing up into my life. What if this is happening for me, not to me? What if this is, oh gosh, I wonder if I could find a gift in this. Here's a great little tool for your audience is saying, what's wrong with this? I will flip it and say, what's right about this? You know, what's right about this that I'm not getting? And that will oftentimes slow us down to start to look for and get curious about what it is that we are actually looking for. And it will give you a different perspective on looking at things. You know, the and it's a, it's about checking our reality. You know, there's, you know, on the back of the rear view mirror, right? It says, the objects in the in the in the mirror may appear closer than they are, right? Mm-hmm. And what that's telling us, it's it's an altered reality. Even though we're experiencing this reality, it's a mirror. We are seeing what we're seeing, but the mirror is telling us actually what you're seeing is actually not true, yeah. right? 
And so oftentimes we have these belief systems that were not true for us. They were true for the other person. And then we took them on and then we started finding the evidence to support those stories. And so we back it up for a second. It's like, gosh, is this, is this true for me now? So there's a point that the story serves us. And then um, I'm getting to a point where it stops serving us. And what happens is for a lot of us is we try to take it forward. And so what I'm doing with my hands is trying to move it forward. And it's now it's starting to get like kind of stuck and it's getting sticky and it's, you know, it's getting difficult. And so we have these stories that served us. I truly believe that. Like my belief yeah. of I was not good enough served me very, very well. Why? Because it became a motivator. I struggled in school. I was dyslexic. I had a learning disability. I was held back in second grade. I had lots of stories around that. But that became a motivator for me to do well. I worked my hiney off. I became a straight A student. That became a motivator. But then at some point in college, in my bachelor's degree, it stopped serving me because then I was trying to overachieve. I was trying to be a perfectionist. I was trying to like, you know, and then it became anxiety provoking. It became this place where it stopped serving me and, and it pretty much gave me ulcers. Okay. And so it stopped serving me. So that's at that point, it's like, okay, we got to revamp this. We got to look at this and we got to bless and release, you know, thank mm -hmm. you for serving me and all those years that you served me in that way. But at some point as I evolved, I outgrew it. Right. And then we got to look at, you know, that and then process you need something of else. Yeah. Yeah. And is that where we are kind of culturally? Cause you talk about this idea of a great shift coming up or a spiritual mm -hmm. vibrational yeah. shift. I'm not sure exactly what words you prefer, but that yeah. we had certain things we needed to do in order to survive. Even our negative, our kind of attachment to more negative emotions um, serve the purpose of keeping us alive back in the days when yeah. we need to pay attention to that lion and that's coming still, at us. And that still serves us, else. right? It still serves us. When we have, when we go into fight, fight, or freeze, there's a purpose for that. And that still will, yeah. that will true, that's true for all evolution because that, that keeps us yeah. safe as humans. That's our survival mechanism. So that will always continue to serve us. But what has happened over the years and the decades is that we are now humans living in fight, fight, or freeze all the time. When we don't need to be. We don't need to be. When we get that email, it's like, boy, hit, you know, like, okay, there's a hit of, um, you know, cortisone. You know, when I got that, like, negative news here and I got this, this, that, And so we've, 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 um, almost kind of recalibrated ourselves to tolerate more cortisone than our level. And so people are having adrenal, adrenal failures and adrenal fatigue and mm. all these other things, you know, which is also contributing to our increased stress and increased, you know, like we know that 90% of all ailments in our body is related to stress. 90% you know? of all of ailments, like, you know, like cancers, yeah. you know, things that are showing up in our bodies, like anything that's happening in our bo physical body most of it is directly impacted by our stress levels, which is going back fight, fight, or freeze, which is getting that increase, which is taking us from that parasympathetic place and putting us into the sympathetic place, our brain, where we are constantly in that survival mode. Yeah. And that seems to take more energy too, when you're in survival mode, as opposed to just blissfully or kind of in, in flow, what a lot of people talk yeah. about when you're just kind well, of in one yeah. of those, like working on something and really focused and enjoying it. And it's interesting because we were talking offline about your new business and what you yeah. are doing, right? And it's really powerful because like the more that we're on technology, yeah. the more that we get those hits, right? We're like, oh, we got to compare ourselves to little Sally over here, right? Oh, I, I'm on my Instagram. I'm in my Facebook. I'm in my blah, 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 blah. And we're constantly in that heightened element, right? Versus being in a place of calm and ease and, and, and disconnecting 
from that because yeah. social media has had a huge impact of how we view ourselves, of the the thought process that we are going through when we're, you know, scrolling through. Because, you know, let's face it, most people do not put the most vulnerable parts of themselves. No. Not some do, but most don't put their most vulnerable things. So we were saying, oh my gosh, these people have perfect lives and these people have perfect lives and these people have perfect. And look at me, like my life's not perfect, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> that comparison of our whole selves yeah. to someone else's highlight reel is, that, yeah, is how I've seen exactly. it put most concisely. And, and so, and so the work that you're also doing is really profound because it is helping bring awareness to this element of it's, it's returning yourself back to source energy in a way. It's a returning yourself back into kind of the, the basics, the basics, right? Like you were joking well, yeah. about having your, your, your handwritten notebook paper. And I'm so envious of it because I used to be that way until like my team said, look at Terry, like we got to have you go on technology. That was my favorite, like having a, I mean, I still have my planners. Like, I mean, my, where's my planner right now? I have my planner sitting here. I mean, I have my daily intentions yeah. planner. I, I'm writing it all the time because there's things that we can be doing to reset our vibrational standpoint each and every day so that we are making sure that we're we're showing up in our highest and greatest good every morning. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you about that next. So you kind of preempted my question about what can we do now? Because everyone has their, you know, mental subconscious conditioning whatever you heard as a kid, whatever you continue to hear now, yeah. you probably hear a lot about it in social media. One of the things I was thinking about during that discussion is people's conditioning to, oh my God, I just got my notification that says I have an email and I have to respond right away when really you don't have to respond right away. Yeah. Really, there is time. Mm -hmm. Same thing with your Slack notifications or if you still have your social media notifications going, yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know how you're focusing on anything at this point in time. Right. But, but yeah, how do we start to put the better subconscious programming into our minds. Yeah. So number one is it's really looking at yourself. If we have a body and if we have a heart and we are we are in this this life experience, we are constantly going to be working on ourselves. We are yep. here to evolve, expand and and grow. And so um that's a given, right? So you know, really looking at yourself and what are you tripping up on? You know, and if you're not able to identify it, seek some support, you know. Um, you know, seek out somebody that can also come in as an objective to help support you and help you grow. Because if you're really truly wanting to, you know, expand and have a bigger impact, I don't know about you, but I've never done, been able to do it by myself. Okay. And Seems so hard. It is. And, and you become the Lone Ranger and, and and that's a whole nother conversation. But so that's really about looking at where are you getting tripped up to and do you need to get some support? The second thing is that we can also do is tapping back in and asking the simple question is like, you know, hand a heart and you just ask the question, you know, my body, what is it that you're trying to tell me that I'm refusing to hear? You can use that tool on many different aspects of your life to get that awareness and tap back into um, because we've been so removed from, you know, really tapping back into our intuition, our inner knowing. Um, and if you have not found that inner knowing, you can ask the question, hand a heart, and you can just ask the question, you know, my, you know, what is it that I know in my heart of hearts that I'm supposed to be doing? And just give yourself some time because it will come up. A lot of times people are afraid to speak it out loud, but they know it. They absolutely know it mm -hmm. in their heart of what they're supposed to be doing. So trust that, honor that. And then, you know, another thing is, is I'm a big believer in, you know, our morning routine, if you will, actually starts the night before. We can be so much more strategic. We can actually create and generate so much faster if we start our evening routine. I'm sorry, if we start our morning routine in the evening, meaning, you know, the last 45 minutes of our night, 
we process the information seven times more than we do any other time of day. So use that last 30, 45 minutes as your time to get centered. I usually will um, um, do a meditation. I have some um, energy uh, brain waves that help calm my brain as well that I use. I also will do my daily intentions planner. So I get out and I, I'm strategic about what is it that I'm creating for the next day. And what happens is, is when I'm doing that, my brain, my little minions in my brain, I call them, yep. they actually start to go out and start to find the how. Because we often get stuck by the how. Yep. And so this is a way in which we can go out and find that information. The brain is doing it while we sleep, okay? And then the next morning we wake up and like, oh, like this person calls me and this, and it's effortless, Re, effortless. And then the last thing that I end up my day is on gratitude. Like I sit with my gratitude journal and this then I go to bed at a high vibration. I'm allowing my brain to work, if you will, on my desires, on what I'm focused on creating. And then the next morning I'm, I'm reviewing that and then I'm getting up and then I have a morning routine that, that complements my evening routine. But then I'm getting back into motion of like, okay, now, now let's go forward. Right. And so I think that if we can just start to practice and get in a habit of doing, you know, doing some self-care for ourselves on a regular basis, that can be such a game changer for a lot of people. And is this the same for anyone? Because I've read about different circadian rhythms and some people that are naturally larks, owls, early, late, late night, early risers. Do some of these people need a different routine or is this whole 30 to 45 minutes before bed universal? universal. Um, I'm a night owl, you know, um, I used to be a morning person, but then as I, as age has happened, like I'm less of a morning person too. Yeah. <laughs> I have a client, she doesn't start seeing clients until 12 o'clock. And yeah. so she has a whole morning. So, you know, again, everyone has their different routines, especially as entrepreneurs. The neat thing about that is that we get to set the, the schedule that makes most sense for us. And so, yes, that's universal. That, that process um, can be done by anyone. Is your brain preparing to sleep essentially and getting into that uh, alpha or theta state that some people talk about in meditation? Or is there something else? Like, how does your brain even know that you're going to sleep in half an hour and now I'm going to be more receptive? Yeah, yeah. So obviously your brain is going into different brain states, right? And so right before you're going down into that alpha state, um, it's a great opportunity. And then when you wake up in the morning, um, especially depending on when you wake up, like the veil is a lot lighter, like early in the morning, like we're talking like three, four in the morning, right? But also in the morning now, sometimes like we wake up and our, our brain is like kind of activated already. Yeah. And so I'll do these things called morning pages where I will then take and just write down all my thoughts. You do it until there's no more thoughts to give. Sometimes they're negative. Sometimes they're positive. If sometimes I'll, there'll be like a little juicy nugget in there too. And yeah. so when I have that juicy nugget, I do end up, you know, writing that on a post-it note and, and setting that aside because these morning pages are not to be read again. They're not to come back and reference because they're like, a it's like almost a dump, right? Like it's like yep. just dumping out the negativity. I rip them up and throw them away. All right. They're not to, they're not to be referenced again, but that is allowing the brain just to get into a place of reset. And so obviously, yes, we're playing with the brain and where the brain naturally is in the morning. Obviously that's when we're the most, awake and clear and we're coming out of that almost like dreamlike state and so it's a great time for us to do the meditation like i will usually lay in bed 
I know some people will say not to do this, but I'm a big believer in you make the rules that that resonate with you. But I'll lay in bed and I'll do a meditation in bed because I, I I use a beamer. I lay in bed and do a meditation before I um, hop out of bed so that I'm you know in my best best self. So does reprogramming our subconscious mind to a higher vibrational state, to a more positive, more gratitude oriented setup, where we um, have better subconscious underlying beliefs that set us up for success require separating us from the environments where we're currently receiving more low vibrational, more negative energy. What's really fascinating is when we start to vibrate at a higher rate, we actually raise ourselves on this vibration. And as we do so is what's interesting is law of attraction says like attracts like. So as we do so, we start to attract at a higher vibration, right? And so what's fascinating is that let's say that we were hanging out with some doom and gloomers, right? Yep. Over time, if we stay in our high power, it's almost like they kind of like dissipate, they go away. They, you know, I, I give the example that I used to have this friend that they had different lifestyles than I did. They had, they, they had made different choices and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Okay. But it wasn't in the vibrational alignment. And so it's kind of interesting that over time, these folks just kind of like, they just kind of disappeared out of my life um, because you're now attracting those higher vibrations. Now, the trick is, is if you're in that environment and you're being bombarded and this too happens with spouses. So I would, I, I encourage people. One is if you're in that environment, you can't change that person necessarily, but you can change yourself. And there's some things that you can do to change the the overall outcome of that situation. One is protecting your energy. And so I encourage people to put on, I do an energy bubble, but mm-hmm. th- there's lots of different ways that you can do this. I just kind of imagine that, you know, the little air doesn't bubbles that the little kids blow. I just kind of imagine that I'm, I'm stepping into this bubble and then I allow only love and light to come through that, to just come through that bubble. Um, and there's obviously different ways. There's probably yeah. 10 different ways that you can do uh, energy protection, but protecting your energy. Um, I do a little grounding exercise as well, just to protect and then protect my energy. And then um, also if someone is, you know, doom and gloomer and they're just keep throwing it on them, I will honestly, in my head, I don't say this out loud. Okay. I will say, oh, interesting point of view that they have this interesting point of their view three times. So I'm canceling it out so that I'm not taking it on. Okay. And then for me personally, you know, it's one thing if it's a client and I am helping support them and, and raise their vibration, it's a different yeah. story. But if it's a friend or a family member or something or an acquaintance or I'm at a networking event and I don't have to stay in that, I will often kind of, you know, step away from it, you know, because it's not in my alignment, depending on my role and depending on my responsibilities in the situation, I'll, I'll do so accordingly. But it does over time, the more you stay in that vibration, um, it's been interesting because they've shown this research that if someone sits down on a park bench and one person is in negative, you know, almost like depressive like symptoms and another per- person sits down within them because, and, and this is all before pandemic, yeah. six feet, whatever, but you know, six feet is you're still in that energetic bubble of another person. What they saw is that the person will take on within five minutes, take on the energetic symptoms um, and qualities of that person that's depressed within five minutes energetically. So it's really mm-hmm. powerful that we A, protect our energy, but two, if we do take on someone's energy, okay, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the end of the yeah. world. Honestly, there's a, there's a process that you can do and you can just say, truth, does this belong to me? 
If you get a yes auditory or visually, or there's lots of different ways people feel that yes, it's usually a light energy or a no is a heavy energy or a no or audibly they hear it. All you have to do is say, return to sender with consciousness. And you don't have mm. to even take on that energy. And especially for empaths, some people will take it on more easily than others. But um, there's a lot of different practices that we can do to protect our own energy from taking on other people's energy. And can it go the other way? Can the more positive energy person yes. change the person around them? Absolutely. Great question. And and so funny because I have, I have a good friend and she tends to be more depressive. And her boyfriend at the time was like, you need to call Terry. You need to call Terry. And she's like, why is it that you always have me call Terry? He goes, I don't know what it is about this person. But every time you go on the phone, you get you get off and you're like, you're in high vibration for like a week. And then you start nice. to... Fiddle, fiddle down. And it was over time when we started, we started to figure this out. I'm like, what is that? But yes, absolutely. Um, you know, when I'm around certain people, they might be in a funky mood, but I'm an um, extrovert by me being around other people. I get so excited that I'm like, and then I'm like, I'm yeah. ready. You know, like I, it, it infuses me. So it's kind of a win, win, win really from a vibrational plan, we can actually do that for each other, which is really powerful. And, and you know, those people, those people that are, they're the little, like the energy boundary that you can you yeah. know, plug into. And, and, it, and there's nothing wrong with that. And some people feel guilty. They're like, Oh my gosh, I, I have my friend and I love hanging out with her because she like zips me up. There's nothing wrong with that because the other person is getting just as much from that interaction as you are. And so it's an energetic wow. exchange and it's very powerful and don't ever feel bad for that. Is there something people need to do in order to be open to receiving, whether it be messages of gratitude, whether it be these better energetic people into their lives or whatever opportunities that might come your way if you kind of work on improving your your self-talk? You know, I just think that I come from a place of curiosity, right? And I And I encourage people as much as we possibly can come from a place of curiosity and an openness, right? Because I think sometimes when we have those blinders on and we we are unconsciously shutting down opportunities, possibilities, all of that. So if we can take away the blinders and just set the intention um, of really showing up, of being open and curious to those experiences, and I think it's, it's it can be a game changer. And so some of the questions that I, I will often share and teach people is called coming from a place of generative questions. And that is... I'm not a big fan of affirmations. Um, that's another talk for another day. I'm happy to, yeah. to share that with your audience. But um, but a generative question opens up possibilities. And so it might be something like, why is it so easy for me to be open and curious about my next stages in my life or my ne- or my next stages in my business or whatever? Why is it so easy? And the brain goes, I don't know. And then like these little minions go inside. They're like... And, and they, then work they go to work. How. And then they're like, da, 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 da. and then they they will actually activate the reticulating activation system and they will actually show you and direct you. And so if we're going to be putting out there some stuff out there, why not allow it to be serving us? So asking a generative question can actually help us open ourselves back up to the possibilities again. Nice. That that's an awesome technique that we can all bring home to whatever we're struggling with in life. And uh, just to clarify for anyone that might be interested in getting a hold of you, attending one of your events, the website is talkingwithterry.com, right? Correct. So T-E-R-I.com. So talking with Terry. Um, yes, come check us out over there. Um, I'll send you over some of the links for our YouTube uh, Talking with Terry uh, TV, as well as our upcoming event as well. And you know what? 
uh, we were talking a little bit about the yeah. morning and AM and PM stuff. So I am happy to gift your audience with a free download of my AM and PM routine that goes through all of it and how to create their own routine so that they can really be showing up as their pure positive being in a maximized way. That's awesome. And that's a great way to set intentions for the day as well as intentions for whatever those minions in your brain are going to work on <laughs> over overnight while you're just kind of yeah. out there sleeping. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, be on the lookout for that. And Terry, thank you so much for joining us today on Actions Antidotes, uh, telling us all about how we can just really, to, to put it in the most concise way, improve our mindsets in a way that is going to make us overcome limiting beliefs, stop self-sabotaging, and reach the level in our lives where we want to go. And I would also like to thank everyone out there listening for tuning in, for tuning into this and any other episode of Actions Antidotes. And hope you come back to hear more inspiring stories from people with, um, you know, great pursuits that will help us all get out of the limiting mindsets or the mindset that keeps you settling for less, as I always put it. Love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>